The fact that you just said Saints defence was fabulous, I haven't heard anyone no. say that for <laughs> so, so long. You could go with an easy pick of someone like a Thomas Ramos, but I just it's just a bit boring. Hello everyone and welcome back to Scrum Fly With Me, the University of Nottingham's only rugby union podcast. We're back again for another episode and uh, I'm Archie, joined with Jamie of course. How are you doing man? Yeah, not bad mate. Back uh, back another week. Yeah, back to talking about actual rugby this week. As episode 9, to... can you believe it? Yeah, episode 9, it's absolutely flying by. Uh, we're a little bit later this week because it's been a busy one for both of us mm. with uh, union stuff. But of course we're back and we didn't really want to miss this week because there were some fantastic games in the Premiership which we're going to talk about, and then look ahead to this weekend's Champions Cup, the first bit of European rugby we've had in the new season. So, uh, Jamie, should we start off uh, in the Prem, looking at last week's games? Uh, which one are we going to cover first? Let's do it. We'll start with Friday night, um, and what a game it was. We had Quinns taken on sale at the Stoop. Quinns off the back of a few losses. Obviously, they got trashed by Saris, and then a close loss to Saints, but they've absolutely come out the bag and pulled off a... A huge win against the league leaders. Yeah, it was a bit of a shock, actually, when I saw the score, because um, I didn't manage to watch the game. But then watching it back, Quinns were just totally dominant. There was really no sniff for sale whatsoever. Mm, absolutely. I mean, Falk couldn't get anything going. And that no. is the first game that Quinns haven't conceded a try in years. Yeah. I, was, I was trying to find the last time they... they they uh, haven't conceded a try in a game. And you have to go back years for it. Mm. And it all comes down to their defence, which was fantastic. Well, that's what I was going to say. Obviously, Smith was fantastic uh, attacking-wise, but we'll, we'll focus on the defence first. It was that bit in just before half-time where they're on their own line. And Sale went, look, we'll just pick and go because we can try and get over with just sheer power. And... Um, Quiz were having none of it. I know, they were relentless. It was mm. amazing. Cunningham South was unbelievable. Yeah. He's turning into a hell of a back row player. Dino Lamb, obviously, he's fantastic at the breakdown. And I think he managed to manage to get the ball back just before half time when yeah. they, or win the penalty. Um but still they've got so many great players and it's coming into fruition now where they're becoming a real title threat again. After mm -hmm. a few years of maybe not being at the pedestal, they're they're slowly creeping back up. And as you said, Marcus Smith. Just unbelievable. He was so good and he actually had the platform to play because of the forwards uh, defence work rate and actually work rate and attack. And once you've got as much time as possible on the ball, because uh, Danny Kerr is flinging it to him, he can just do everything. When the, the defence is not quite set yet, he's just going to slip through the smallest of gaps ever. Yeah, did you see, did you see Kerr's try? Uh, yeah, I did. Unbelievable. Yeah. Smith breaking through the defence. And then a little, little, little hand-off to Kay. He's, he's exactly where he needs to be. You just know he's going to be there, isn't he? Yeah. Because he does that. And I think I heard it was his 83rd or 84th Premiership try. Oh, something stupid like yeah. that. He's been Ridiculous. kicking around for donkeys now, hasn't he? Mm -hmm. But the, the thing is with Kevin Smith, they played well because they played with freedom. And that's how they played a few years ago. Yeah. I remember coming out of lockdown when they, they obviously won the Prem. And they were unstoppable, especially towards the last stage of the season mm. when they just played fun rugby. And it's, it's come back again this weekend. We, we saw them just licensed to play however they wanted. Smith was kicking all over the pitch. They were good, effective kicks in the bad weather. And I think if they take that into the Champions Cup this weekend, they could really have a go at Russell. Yeah, definitely. They're, they're certainly an outsider because you know, they haven't been you know, perfectly on point, a bit like you know Saracen's form. Uh, so far the last couple of years but actually they're, they're pretty much back really yeah. um, and I don't know whether it was there was a lot of talk about the whole England 10 situation because 
Farrell um, last week said that he wasn't go- he was going to step down from England, and then didn't play this weekend. And then obviously Quinns play Sale, where it's Smith against Ford. Would that have spurred Smith on? Do you reckon a, a little bit? I think it would have. Obviously, we'll come on to Farrell in a bit because that's a huge talking point this mm. week. But I, I I think you're correct. I think Smith against Ford. That's the real like second choice ten battle over the past year or so. And Smith absolutely blew him out of the park. I mean, it's a tough place to go, the stoop, especially for a team like Sale, who at the moment are struggling with a few injuries. But then you, you come out and perform like that. It's, it, it's a no-brainer. Smith absolutely killed him. Yeah, and I don't know if it was just down to the Quinn's defence that Ford wasn't able to play, but he really had nothing going whatsoever. The fact mm. that they didn't score a try and got one penalty kick, I think he missed another one, but... They had zero scoring opportunities, to be honest. Even going into their the Quinn's twenty-two, they just came away with nothing. Absolutely. And so it was really, it was a really interesting dynamic to see yeah. Smith just romping it, and then Ford having absolutely nowhere to go. Well, Sale were, I think, six from seven going into that game, and all all your money is going to be on them to continue. They're playing absolutely fantastically, yeah. and then obviously Quinn's, as I say, coming off the back of a few losses. Against Northampton, they played well, but they just didn't have that final end product. This weekend, they did, and they backed it up in defence as well. So, 10 out of 10 performance, players all over the pitch, stepping up. I, I thought they were amazing. They were they were fantastic. And on the Farrell talk, where do you think it's going to go? As he's not playing in the Six Nations, he's got a little knock at the moment uh, for Sarries, which may have influenced their game this week. But where, where do you see that 10 shirt being filled by? Well, I, I was bold enough to pick Marcus for my uh, Lions 10. You were, bit, Wasn't you? I, when we did that Dream Team episode a few weeks ago. Um, so you can see where my loyalties lie. But mm-hmm. no, I think Marcus Smith is, on his day, one of, if not the best players in the Prem. Um, and I think we need to, to utilise that in the England team. And with a clear gap now that Farrell needs to go work on his, maybe his mental health, family, whatever, give him the time that he needs and allow Smith to really have a go at flourishing in that team. I certainly agree with you that he's one of the best players, tens in the Prem, but sometimes that doesn't always transfer into the mm. into the international game. But I feel like if you're not going to have an experience in international rugby, then you're just never going to grow. Exactly. So, One that springs to mind was when he started in the Six Nations against France and just oh, got blown gosh, away. Yeah. It was a 50-60 point game. It was that a 50, was. Yeah. And um, after seeing that, it's like, yeah, where do you go from here? Bring Farrell back in. And so it's it's... I don't know, it swings and roundabouts really. It's the look of the draw, but as you said, experience is key at international level. So if you are going to trust him, he needs game time. Yeah, I think just give him five games, to be honest. Let him go and do his stuff. And if you want Ford on the bench just in case the game's not going well, mm. then then by all means. But give him at least 70 minutes yeah. in all five games just and to try it. We can try two out and out centres now. Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a shame that Farrell's going to miss Six Nations, but it's opened up a window. I mean, Ollie Lawrence is. Again, player of the month, just been announced by the Gallagher Prem. He's just flying at the moment. I know he didn't play on the weekend, but he is going to cement himself in that England team for the mm-hmm. Six Nations now, alongside maybe a Henry Slade. I don't know whether Borthwick's going to go back on it. I think he should, because Slade's been fabulous. I totally agree. It's it's one of those where he's gone, oh, I've, I've dug myself the trench. Now I've just got to continue saying no to Slade and, and play in March or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but before we go on to the Saris game just on the England captain chat where do you sit there there's a couple of contenders in it yeah well, who would you want and then potentially that might be different to who Borthwick will actually pick so I saw a little shortlist at the weekend um, obviously Genge is going to be up there vice yeah. captain because um, we don't have laws anymore alongside him I saw a shout for George Ford now 
if he is going to start, I think he is the out-and-out leader of that team. So fair enough. Mm-hmm. But I just can't see Marcus Smith not giving in, not being involved that much. Yeah. Um, so I think you've got to look elsewhere. And the only real name other than Genji that I'm thinking is Itoje. Yeah, I, I've thought about Itoje. I also throw in Jamie George, potentially. I don't, I don't know whether he's had that much captaincy experience, but he's been there for a long time. You see, I, I think I, I completely agree with you. He's been longevity-wise amazing. But you, you look to the future, and Theo Dan is really knocking on that door. So mm-hmm. whether Jamie George is going to get as much time in the Six Nations, I don't know. It might be one of those where he's captain for a year, and then once Theo Dan pushes him out, then mm. you move on to a, a sort of baton. Yeah. I, I think, though, that the only out-and-out out spot that is cemented in that pack, other than maybe Genj, is Itoje in that row, yeah. and the longevity of, of him being in that pack. It was, it's similar to Laws. He was he held down that sick shirt for a good few years after he moved to moved to the back row. So I, th- I think you've got to look at one of those two, um, just for the longevity in the squad, and to know that they are going to hold that shirt, and there's not going to be no ifs and buts about Stein or being dropped. I know, I think you might be right, and I would love Itoje to be captain. I just don't know whether... Borthwick will do it because mm. a lot of well not a lot but Eddie Jones in the past never made him captain because there was all there was shouts for that he's been there for seven years or so he knows what he's doing uh, and he is a leader in that pack he probably Absolutely. is pack leader but it just never transpired transpired into being actually captain yeah but as we mentioned a few weeks ago he's coming into another peak in his career <laughs> yeah. especially over the last few games like maybe not this weekend but we recent weekends he's been ferocious for Saris in defence and attack so. I think he's the one you go to, Itoje, if not Ellis Genge, um, but either one of them I'd be happy with. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Um, should we move on to Saris against Saints? Possibly uh, the game of the weekend, potentially. Not, you know, it wasn't the highest scoring, but it was really crucial and was an absolute joy to watch. It was a thriller. Obviously, no Owen Farrell, no Ben Earl, so that Saris team was depleted from the off. Mm-hmm. Saints took advantage of it. They yeah. were just ruthless. Um, I did think Saris played well at times. Thought when Vinopolo had the ball in hand at ten, he was good. Yeah. Um, Alex Gu got on the ball quite a bit, um, but they just they were just missing that end product, weren't they? Yeah, that first half was a really let's grind it out mindset from almost both teams, but Saints more than Saris because I think they knew if we let Saris score very early on, uh, they'll just keep they'll get rolling, they'll score it's two just or the three. Momentum, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then from half time, they won't uh, won't be in with a shout. But Saints going into the first half. No tries either side and just a tiny bit of a lead. You're thinking, look, there's only 40 minutes left. There's definitely a chance for us to grab this, yeah. the great game and run with it. And they did. Well, Saints, they just shut up shop. They were just fantastic in defence. Yeah. They, they stopped Saris from really getting any momentum, which was which you don't see at the Stonex. No. Like you, you go there and you expect Saris to put three or four on you in the first half, as you said. And to go in half-time and no tries conceded is just... It's unheard of. I know. And apart from Saints, Saris are probably the best attacking side in, in the league. Yeah. And the, the fact that you just said Saints' defence was fabulous, I haven't heard anyone no. say that for <laughs> so, so long. And it, there was just something clicked. I don't know what it was, but every single one of the 15 were on it. There was almost mm. no missed tackles. The, the positioning in the defensive line was perfect. And even, you know, the, the line-outs, uh, Courtney Laws was up there. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned yeah. Laws then, because he was all over the place. unbelievable. There, there was one ball in particular, Sarri's Mall, um, where they, they were striking. They were about to about to try and score. And Laws just reaches in, gets the ball down, knock it on, scrum to Saints. And it's just like, he is unbelievable at the breakdown and in, yeah. in set play as well. 
Um, and it's, it's you look to the Six Nations now, and you you might you might see Borthwick giving him a ring. Does he, does he fancy on, one more run out? He was by far and away my player of the match. Oh yeah, he was ridiculous. You know, Fantastic. as I say, stole line outs and hit anything that moved as Saracens. He rolled back the years, didn't yeah, he? It really did. Unbelievable. It reminded me of a few years ago when he nailed Farrell. Mm. Um, but, oh God, that was years ago when he really, really had a big shot on Farrell because he was, as you said, handing out tackles left, right, and centre, and he was just everywhere. And when you have someone like that as a pack leader obviously London wasn't playing so you have to so Laws is the one that sort of has to step up and if in the first 20 minutes he smashed five different Saracens players everyone else goes hang on look why are we scared of this team yeah. Let's we can do that as well and they're all fired up and obviously Ludlam went off with, and he had his boot in his cat uh, his, his foot in his boot in a boot mm. last week so I don't know how long he's going to be out for um, but for someone like Courtney Laws to really fire back his feet and step up like that was Unbelievable, and it led to to Saracens controlling the game. I know I, I speak about that a lot, but yeah. they uh, sorry, sorry, Saints controlling the game, and and Saints knew what was going to happen in each phase of the game, uh, and Saris were just trying to scrabble anything together. It was it was an interesting watch that Saracens really didn't know what to do a lot of the yeah. time. I thought their their ball in the forwards was good. Yeah, um, they they kept it simple. They they were effective at times. Obviously, in the second half, they did better. Um, but Saints were just the best team on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And f- to say that, away to Saris, is just like, you, you don't hear it. So yeah. it's, a, it's it's quite exciting times for Saints, to be honest. So really evolving into a, a good team. I know, and I thought both Saints nines were magnificent. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, James started, didn't he? He so, did, yeah. So he, for the first 60 minutes, he was really good at controlling the game. And then when Mitchell came on, you could see a definite mm. shift. There was... About a one second quicker ruck speed. Mitchell get it a couple of steps, then pop it off, and of course he scored scored that try in a place that you you have to be as a nine. You know, little break, yeah. and then he's zooming down the wing. I, I think it's interesting because obviously Alex Mitchell is our out and out nine. He's England started nine at the moment for good sake. So I think it's interesting that he got dropped for Tom James mm. um, to start, but I, I don't mind it. I think if you're bringing on Mitchell off the bench with 20, 25 minutes ago, you've got the best nine in English rugby and you're giving him freedom to go and have a go. Yeah, and it was a perfect time as well because Saints weren't two tries down or something. They they mm. were level. In fact, I think they were a try up. Yeah. And you know, therefore, you're able to put Mitchell on with a bit of grace so that he can go and try something and end up scoring. He put the burners on and scored yeah. a lovely try. It was, so. it was a beautiful, beautiful try. Um, lovely done it, dummy. And... You say it's go two tries up. Yeah. And, and by then, you think, there we are. That's, no way back. Almost, and almost we, we, we held out the game as well, which is fantastic, because mm. there, there's been times in games in the past as a Saints fan where we've just crumbled the last few minutes in defence, conceded a, a soft penalty, but we really like pulled together and held it out, and it's good to see. I think it must be one of the lowest scoring games that Saints have been involved with for a long time, because normally... <sighs> So many points are scored, but then also a lot of points are leaked. One, one that springs to mind is first game of the season against Newcastle. Our first win of the season, True. sorry. That was, that was very 14, low 16. That was, yeah. a, that was a nail bite to say the least. But other than that, and this weekend, yeah, we, we're usually scoring four or five tries a game. So it's a bit of a difference maker, but I don't mind it. And it is actually a huge result because not many p- teams go to Saracens and win at Saracens. Uh, and so it means that. It's a bit of a shame that actually Saints haven't got more Prem games, you know, this week and onwards because I think they'll definitely build momentum. Yeah. And as a Saints fan, I think the the aim potentially isn't Europe because 
I think we'll have a try. You know, there'll be a run there, but there's almost a mindset of there's so many good teams here with such massive squads that almost Saints eventually will end up walking into a wall where yeah. you know you get a Leinster who just have so many players. But actually, the Prem, well within the sides, definitely top four, well within the sides. Absolutely. I mean, we're we're two points off Bath and Sale in, yeah. in first place at the moment, and I think the goal is, as you say, to make Franklin's Gardens an absolute fortress. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we can win on the road, like we've done against Newcastle and now against uh, against Sarries, I think we can take take those points whenever we can. 100%. On, word on Sarries, where do they go from here? Obviously, Farrell wasn't playing. Vinopola did all right, but obviously didn't quite have the final edge to, to make points count. Mm. Were they were they just not on their day? Was it? Sort I of think a, it wasn't their day. Yeah, came um, up against too good an opposition. Yeah, I think Saints really gave, bought it to them, which was great to see. Um, weather wasn't... wasn't that's good as well. So it's the way the ball bounces, isn't it? It's it's going to go one way or the other. And on the day, it went in Saints' favour. So yeah, exactly. Uh, we're going to focus on one more game uh, of the weekend from the Prem, but the other two games, uh, I'll just bring you scores on because there was a high-scoring game for Leicester against Newcastle, which sort of continues Newcastle's rot. It really, uh, they won forty-seven-three, and then on the Saturday. Uh, Bristol against Gloucester was another 50-pointer for Bristol, 51-26. Lots of points being scored. Um, In fact, in this last game as well, we're going to focus on was Bath against Exeter, 41-24 to Bath. And I actually think this game was really crucial in both teams' seasons because Bath had lost last week, but actually they've got a really good squad this year. And I thought if they can build it at the wreck, then they can definitely go on from this. And almost the same with Exeter. Like they had a couple of great wins, last-minute win against Gloucester, got Gloucester a couple of weeks ago, but they just couldn't bring it this week, could they? No, but they, they put out a strong side, Exeter, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as they always do. But Bath, even with no Ollie Lawrence, they they just didn't weren't phased. Mm. They, they came out and they really, really played well. Um, I think it was. 41-17 with, with five minutes to go. So yeah. that shows how... Obviously, Exeter got the late try, but it shows how dominant Bath's performance was up until the last couple of minutes. Yeah, I think bonus point within the first 50 or so, 60 minutes. It's just mind-blowing. Exactly. Like they're, they're playing unbelievable rugby. One person that I did think stood out as well, Cam Redpath at 12. Yep. He was obviously got his try, but he was popping up everywhere, got an assist as well. Um, he was fantastic, and he, he's a he's a live wire in the in the uh, in the backs, and he, it's another weapon for Finn Russell that we don't really talk about that much. No, alongside yeah, when you've got a nine, ten, twelve of Spencer Russell and Redpath, mm. who both Spencer and Redpath are fantastic Premiership players. I was also almost thinking actually Spencer. Now that Youngs and Kerr is out of the England squad, there's, got a always, door, yeah. there's always a chance. But And then Redpath has been playing in the Prem for years. Mm. Brilliant player. And obviously we know Russell's is just class. I think they've got such a good chance this year. Absolutely. And Alfie Barbary as well. He yeah. is such a, such a talent at eight. Uh, his tribe was fantastic. He saw a little gap. Took it himself, and he was celebrating before he even scored. He did, yeah. Almost a swan dive, not quite. It was Nearly. a lovely little jump. A little half go. He didn't want to drop over. the ball. Yeah, but not, they're, not really an Ashton. They definitely are the real deal, because you look across the other players in the uh, in the pack. Obviously, you've got Barbara, you've got uh, Yules in the, in the second row, yeah, uh, yeah. and 
Will Stewart up front as well, and then also Underhill to come back and yeah, uh, he's slot into the back row. Man of the match as well. He was yeah. fantastic. And it, it, we can talk about all these individual performances, but as a team as well, they're just gelling fantastically. And mm. I think it all comes down to their mindset. They they haven't been on their top form the last few years. They've brought in a few good players in positions that they need, and they've excelled. It's all yeah, as you said. I think it's just a mindset because obviously they brought Russell in. And compare themselves this time last year to now, complete difference. I don't know if they've even had won a game this time last year. But surely you think one person in a, in a team of 15 can't change it. And he, he has changed it. But actually the whole team has gelled around him. They've gone, look, we've got this star player who's unbelievable playmaker mm. but we can all change our game to actually just go a little step further as well yeah, and work to his strengths yeah. and they have I mean he's he's got so many weapons outside of him I mean even Tom de Glanville's playing really well at the moment mm. and we haven't heard about him for years yeah. and then you've got someone like Orlando Bailey coming off the bench we talk about him quite a lot because he's he's a young English talent and we, yeah. like, we like those um, but no he's, he's fantastic as well and against a strong Chiefs team they've really put out a good performance and mm. it was dominant exactly and Chiefs had one or two sniffs the whole game, but that was it. And when you're going to concede 41 points, there's, there's not really much chance you're going to get back into it. No. Uh, but I thought that they had given a good account of themselves. Yeah, I thought Slade had another good game. Yeah. Obviously, got his try as well. He's scoring every week at the moment. Mm-hmm. But what what he's what can, what more can he do to uh, get back into the England yeah, team? For exactly. The it's they just don't quite have that killer. Killer instinct no, for me. I agree. Whereas Bath now do. When you've got Spencer and Russell as nine and ten, they know that they how to score points and they know the critical places in the pitch to play. Yeah, they're, they're just a bit more experienced. Um, and between them, that nine and ten combination is probably, if not the most experienced in the league. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it comes down to just time playing, and they'll know each other's play style. They've been around for long enough, and they're they're gelling immediately. Yeah, so. exactly. And with Sale losing this week, uh, it makes the table so much, so much more. Close. I know. There's there's six teams within four points of each other. I know. Six teams within a win of each other. It's yeah, crazy. I think five teams won five games out of, and the, then Sale have six. And Sale have six yeah, that's, out of the that's eight. It, yeah, uh, which almost is such an exciting league because you think actually anyone could beat anyone, bar maybe one or two teams. Almost yeah. anyone could beat anyone, which it's is crazy. Brilliant. And I mean, Newcastle will get a win at some point. So whoever they beat, that's going to affect their season dramatically. Yeah. Having having everyone blow over them so far, um, but no, I think. It's so tight at the top, and we're not used to this. We're used to seeing Sarries run away with it, Sale knocking on the door. Mm-hmm. But there's so many teams up there in contention, and it's making for a really exciting season. Yeah, um, there is a little bit of a break now. I think there's two weeks of uh, Challenge Champions Cup, so uh, we'll wait to see that. But actually, when it when it returns, it's such a good league. The only problem is there's only about 16 games this season, or yeah, maybe 18 games. There's 18 games this season. We're already about 18, so it's, it's a shame, really, because I mean, we're, obviously, we lost a few teams last year and had a had the World Cup as well. So hence why the Prem Cup started early. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's a shame, really. But uh, it is what it is, and it, it's good to see us playing well in England. Um, there's obviously so much attraction from the likes of France and moving out there. Yeah. Um, we saw Henry Arundel move away after Irish folded. But then you see players like Tom Pearson come to Saints and really light it up. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see some good English talent in the Prem. Yeah, exactly. We'll be back with various <coughs> Prem chat later on, uh, possibly now in the new year, I feel like. But for the last uh, couple of minutes of today's show, we're going to talk about the Champions Cup, the European Cup that uh, plays within the domestic leagues. And this year, it's, it's taken a bit of a different 
theme um, because we have four groups of six teams who all play uh, four games. So they don't even play everyone and they only play each team that they do play once. And then the top four from each group go forward into you know a round of 16, which I've seen a lot of people talk about because to get into the round of 16, you only need one win or so, one or two wins. It's, the, so the, the structure that they've put together is just diabolical, it's really. Mental. It's like to not even play all the teams that you're in a group with. Yeah. It's just so then you could dodge a bullet with a massive game or you could get, get really stiffed and have like two big games back to back and then another team's like not playing one of them. Exactly. It's, it's just terrible, the, the formatting. But I don't know. It's Obviously obviously we love the Champions Cup because you get to see the best players in the world play together. And obviously at the moment it's it's all the South Africans and, and French teams. So yeah. And we, we want to see as much of that as possible. But... Oh, I just don't know. I don't know whether they've got it right or not. Yeah, I don't think they do, really, because there may be a couple of opportunities, as you say, where teams don't bring their first team. I was actually looking at teams that have put out various um, lineups for this weekend, and I was looking at the Leicester Stormers side, because mm. there's Leicester Stormers game, because I was thinking Andre Pollard plays for Leicester, and Manny LeBoc plays for Stormers. I was thinking, hello, this is beautiful. <laughs> and then the Stormers have put out a B team, and I go... Why? Why? They'll know... probably still do a job on Leicester, to be honest. They probably but... will. I know they're travelling all the way from South Africa, and it's not a great schedule for them mm. to have, uh, obviously, playing away games so many miles away. Yeah. But if, are they not even trying or something? It's, it's, it's sort of ridiculous. It is. But then you, you, you look at the other teams. Like I've seen the, the Saints and Quinns teams this morning, and they've gone full strength. They have. So yeah. why not? I don't, why not have a go? I don't know why. Um, yeah, so should we... Uh, you've done a little... Quick fire predictions. Quick fire, this. yeah. Should we um, go through them and then uh, sort of talk around who we think potentially favourites are for the the whole tournament and any outsiders? Let's go for it. So we'll we'll go through the games. Archie's just going to run through in chronological order uh, mm-hmm. the games that are on this week, and I'm going to tell you who I've got as my favourite to win. Okie dokie. So starting this evening, Friday night, uh, we got two games. First is in Glasgow. Uh, Glasgow against Saints. Who are you saying? I've had to back Saints here. Good man, good man. Uh, and then Connacht against the Bordeaux Beagles. I think Bordeaux are going to win. You do? Yeah. Against, yeah, Connacht aren't quite at the top they, of the game at the moment. They, they, they've been playing okay. Um, I mean, I think Bordeaux are just, like, in, in history over the last few years, been fantastic. So I did actually go with Connacht, but I, I've changed my mind since then. So I think Bordeaux are going to win. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then moving on to Saturday... Uh, six games here. Uh, start with Toulon Exeter. Toulon Exeter. I've just pipped Toulon. I think it'd be close, um, but yeah, Toulon. I do think that will be a very good game of the of the weekend. Then we've got Bath against Ulster. I've gone for Bath again. I think too much firepower at the moment. I know Ulster are playing very well, but um, I, yeah, I mean. Finn Russell in that bath team. If they, if they go full strength, then they've got it. Oh, I'm tending to agree with you there as well. Mm. Uh, then Toulouse to against Cardiff. Toulouse again, just the firepower. I know they haven't been playing amazingly at the moment, but you, you put that team against Cardiff and there's only one winner. I think that, yeah, you're right there. Uh, and then Munster against Bayonne. <sighs> Gone with Munster. Good shout. Yeah, back in the Irish boys. I think, I think that's probably, uh, probably correct. Then uh, Bristol against Lyon. 
Bristol against Leon. I went for Leon. Oh. Uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, it's, I think that's going to be a close game as well. So it's a bit of a toss-up. But yeah. I think Leon. Yeah, they're going to bring a bring a good squad. And then final game of the Saturday is Bulls against Saracens. Another absolute cracker. I know, but having having heard uh, that Stormers didn't put out their their A tier squad, if you will, I think Sarri's going to going to pit them. Mm. I I can see that happening. To be honest, yeah, I think Sarri's will definitely bounce back from this weekend um, and come out firing. Uh, then on to Sunday, four more games here. Four blockbusters. I know. We'll start with Sale against Stade Francais. So I have gone with Stade Francais stealing it. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Against, against the league leaders. I know, but after last week's performance against Quinns, I think they've got to take some time to rebuild from that. That's a very interesting call. And then, potentially, what might be the uh, the game of the weekend is La Rochelle against Leinster. A repeat of last year's final. Uh, I've gone with La, uh, La Rochelle. Um, obviously, they, they won last year, so I think they're going to do it again. Even though Leinster are arguably the best side in world rugby right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Um, so, it, it's a coin flip, isn't it? I did hear, I don't know the reason, but I did hear that uh, Ronan O'Gara got a little sideline ban. For this really? upcoming game, I, oh. I don't know why. I probably should have actually looked in a bit further. Yeah, but, uh, yeah so <laughs> it's a bit of a weird one. You don't really see that in rugby. That what is he? Much. Is he not allowed in the stadium? Or? I think because yeah. obviously they'll, they'll be in the boxes. Or I, I really don't know. Yeah. It's, uh, I just saw the sort of headline and went, oh, that's that's a bit weird. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, then Leicester against the Stormers. We did uh, just mention this. Yeah, I've I've backed the Stormers. Um, I didn't see their team pre this episode, but mm-hmm. um, I still think they've got so much talent and their depth is fantastic as well. So. I think they can really come over and, and do a job on Leicester regardless. Regardless of uh, the old... No Manny Libok. No Libok. And then yeah. you reckon... I think Pollard's going to have a field We'll day. see. We'll see. Leicester might rest a few players. They might, to be honest. Yeah. If they see the team, they might go for a little uh, B team of themselves. Mm-hmm. And then finally, uh, finish off the weekend, Rassing against Harlequins. So personally, I think this is going to be the game of the weekend. Oh, uh, okay. Rassing are flying at the moment, of course. Yep. Arundel scoring a hat-trick every week. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you've got Quinns who are off the back of the win of the season so far um, so I'm going to back them I'm going to go Marcus Smith and oh, the boys wow. taking down Rassing in Paris so. that is uh, that's a good call I, yeah. I absolutely love that Sunday lineup. to be honest yeah. there's been saying all the uh, the formats not not ideal, but that is a beautiful beautiful nestle in for a few hours. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Um, so that's your predictions. Uh, we'll just talk about the general uh, predictions. Who the favourites are for the tournament? Um, I'm going to start with probably the big four. You can you can say whether you agree with this or not. I think La Rochelle, Leinster, Saris, and Toulouse are mm. all in the best position to to, to take this championship yeah of course you, you can't really look further than La Rochelle and Leinster obviously they've got got each other first round yeah. finalists last year both full of firepower from France and then obviously nearly the full Irish starting team in that Leinster squad but uh-huh. um, I, th- I think players like Hugo Keenan are really going to come into their own Gibson Park obviously is reaching a real peak of his career yeah um, I think he's fantastic Will they beat La Rochelle this week? I don't think so, but have they got a chance to get to the final again? Absolutely. I think with both of those squads, they've got incredible talent and incredible depth Mm. as well. So 
you know, if they have a couple of games back to back that are really intense, then they do have players that can fill in and do a shift just as good as the first team players on on the bench and in the reserves. That's exactly how Saris have done so well in Europe and in the league over the last few years. They've had so much depth depth in their squad. Mm -hmm. um, you can plug in any player off the bench and they do a job as well as if not, if not better in some occasions yeah. than than the starting players, and that's what led to their success. They've They've been able to sustain that depth with limited injuries. And I mean, La Rochelle and Leinster do that as well. So, I mean, any of those could win. Who, who was your other shout? It was Sarri's... Uh, Toulouse. Toulouse. Oh, of course. You can't really look past them, can no, you? Exactly. When everyone's fit. I know I know they've got a few injuries at the moment. Obviously, Entomac, yeah. um still recovering. But when they're all back, that's a, it's a scary team, it's, isn't it? It's a fiery team. Uh, but I also think there's, there's plenty of outside chance, if you're going to say that those are the main favourites... Uh, just from the England game, English Premiership, there's so many. Yeah. Um, I was going to say Bath. Uh, definitely, you've gone for Quinns this weekend mm. against Racing ninety two, which is a which is a huge game. Mm. And if you're saying that Quinns can do that, then they can sh certainly do a shift in sort of the whole of the the tournament. Absolutely. There's. I'm I'm looking through the list now, and out of the twenty four teams, there's at least ten or eleven that could really really go out and win it and that's that's crazy to say mm. half the teams in that competition could be a favourite yeah. um, and it's it's something that we're not used to we're used to having two or three clear definites but I think there's anything can happen at the moment which is why rugby at the moment is so exciting 100% uh, before we nestle in for a weekend of blockbuster rugby uh, just to talk about the South African teams a little bit more because obviously last year they did fantastically in the group they blew away almost all the opposition they came up against and then just with you know, a tricky schedule, tricky travelling away from home. The knockout games, they just weren't quite there. So I'm all thinking, actually, are they going to be able to latch on to, to a winning streak this year, having to travel thousands of miles between games and, and if schedules don't quite line up? Where do you, where do you kind of see them this year? I don't know. I, I mean, you, you look at two, two of the games and it's, it's Leicester and Saris versus Bulls and Stormers and it's mm. like... That's two big games off, off the back, and it, if they if the English teams get a win there, they're going to build some momentum, mm. and then you've got to look you've got to look to the South African teams who are travelling to England, travelling to France, travelling to Ireland, and every week and they're they're coming back, and they're if, they, if they're not building wins, they're going to build no momentum. No, exactly, and they do have brilliant players, but if they're not going to a play them or b you know be in the right frame of mind or state physical state, you know just tiredness and and sort of rusty joints that it, then they're not quite going to be able to build momentum and actually put wins together so I, I think they're, they're certainly shouts but whether they are top favourites as we said you know the likes of La Rochelle and, and Leinster I don't really know mm. um, Speaking of key players let's have an early shout for player of the weekend Ooh yeah. early shout for player of the weekend You can have two I'll have two maybe a forward and a back Let's go for that Who's your forward? Who's my oh we'll go forward first I think uh, it could be. It's got to be in one of the big games. Mm. I'm gonna say. Uh, I'm gonna say a, maybe one of the. Uh, ben Curry's injured. I might say Tom Curry to be honest. Tom Curry not against Stade Francais. Uh, I think Sale. You've gone for Stade Francais, but I think Sale might just nudge that game. Uh, mm. I think Ford's gonna be back on form uh, because of the absolute kamikaze-ness of Tom Curry. So I'm gonna say him, and then for the backs. Oh, I'm nudging towards Marcus Smith just because he's there and he just really? looks so inviting against Racing. If you know, if they can get, you know, temper the likes of um, Khaleesi and uh, Arundel, then I think Quinns with Marcus Smith at the helm can 
roll away with it. I, I'm kind of going back on myself in my head, but just thinking about how how much damage Henry Arundel could do. They could do a lot of damage, but I think they, if they pocket him, you, you never know. They might just put one, of, one of the wingers on him. I, I'm just whipping out um, some of the lineups of this weekend just to have a look, and I'm looking at that La Rochelle team against Leinster. That's going to be absolutely unbelievable. Um, yeah. I, in, for me, I think. You look at that. You look at the big games, and one that springs to mind is the Bulls Saris game. Um, yeah. I think Saris are really going to come out signal of intent off the back of that loss to Saints. So, as a forward, I think someone like Jamie George is really going to come into his own this weekend. Mm-hmm. Prove his show his experience. Um, we, we've mentioned him in the England captain discussion. Maybe not a favourite, but I think he, he in a game like this is going to really, really show his worth if he gets picked over Theo Dan. Yeah, that's so. a good point. Very good point because he didn't. Against Saints, he came on after uh, I might have been half time actually, but you know he didn't start, so it's not it's not a guarantee. <laughs> but I like you, the way you're thinking. You know, Sarri's forward uh, when they're coming up against the Bulls. Have you got a back then that you might think is player of, player of the week? I'm just thinking through. You, you you could go with an easy pick of someone like a Thomas Ramos, but I just. I, do, I, I just think that it's just a bit boring. You you want one of the because I mean Cardiff aren't really going to win against Toulouse, no. are they? So I might have to agree with you, Marcus. Smith. I might have to agree. After this weekend, he was just unbelievable. So I thought you were actually going to go for Arundel there and sort of go the opposite. Oh, go Arundel's going to score a hat trick and absolutely wipe them away. Well, yeah. I, was, I was looking at the La Rochelle game as well. I was going to pick Hugo Keenan because I, yeah. I, just, I think he's playing out of his skin at the moment. So. You could go with that, but nah, I'm going to go Marcus Smith. I'll agree with you. Yeah, it's almost an impossible task to actually yeah. pick, uh, but we've gone for a couple of picks for Smith. You've gone for Jamie George, and I've gone for Tom Curry. Yeah, full England lineup. Full England lineup. Would you look at that? We'll see uh, come Monday who is actually on top uh, of the Champions Cup. And actually, momentum is all is the name of the game in this because you've got two games back to back and if you can string two words together then you're almost guaranteed in that in that final 16 absolutely um, but there we are that uh, finishes off a shorter episode this week we thought we'd just stick to the rugby um, and almost just p- quick fire uh, predictions with Jamie for the, the quiz element of this week uh, so thanks for listening of course goodbye from me uh, yeah, and goodbye from me have a lovely week 